Hi, it's dating coach Chris Luna from Craft Charisma. Welcome to the Craft Charisma podcast, our free audio coaching program where we interview the top experts in the world at helping you become the man you've always wanted to be. My guest today is Fran Green. Fran is a nationally renowned flirting, dating, and relationship coach. She runs a private practice working with singles who want to maximize their social lives and couples who want to improve their relationships. Fran is also an accomplished online dating coach, helping singles find their match via the internet. She is the author of The Flirting Bible, The Ultimate Photo Guide to Reading Body Language, Getting Noticed, and Meeting More People Than You Ever Thought Possible. Fran, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's my pleasure. I'm very impressed that you were able to say the entire title of the book. <laughs> you must be a very smart guy. Um, I guess that's debatable, but uh, you are definitely a very smart woman. You have a great book. Can you tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into your coaching? Well, um, how much time do we have? And I'm only kidding. Um, I, by the way, one of the things about me, uh, Chris, is I talk a lot. So if I'm you know, talking too much, just you know, give me a nudge so I know it's your turn to talk. No, you'll be great. Uh, all right. Um, professionally, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and flirting is in my blood. I can't help myself. I talk to anyone, anytime any place. I never had any hobbies. I'm totally uncoordinated. I'm, an, I'm not interested in art, music. Maybe I'm interested in the theater. And I started doing workshops for people who were single and loved it. And I also had a strong professional training background. And then one day I started teaching. I had a flirt class at the Learning Annex in the city. And that just mushroomed into my career as a flirting, dating, and relationship coach. I've worked for Match.com as their director of flirting and as a spokesperson. And I have a private practice on Long Island working with, as you said, um, individuals and couples who want to have the best life that they can. And I just really believe that, you know, we hire travel agents, stockbrokers, personal trainers, um, you name it, we hire someone to do something for us. And I guess the thing that we think we take the most for granted is how to be successful in meeting people, having a relationship, and being a parent. You don't hear people hiring uh, dating coaches as much or parent coaches or flirting coaches, but I think things have really completely turned around. And what I do with my clients is really very simple. I take a look at who they are, the way they present themselves to other people, what they want, and help them get to where they want to be in the best way possible, and also having some fun at it. It's about being vulnerable. It's about being able to make fun of yourself. And it's also hard work. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, when you want to find the love of your life, you often leave that to chance. Uh, I don't know about you, but I always prayed and hoped that Prince Charming would knock on my door and say, I'm here. I probably more than anybody else on the face of the planet did anything and everything to meet people. That is singles weekends, singles bars, blind dates, um, singles functions. I'm going to date myself a little, but I guess it's okay. I was dating when it was the era of personal ads 
Let me tell you, I kept a phone book. You know, in the old days, during personal ads, they were like written, you know, there was a phone book, A to Z. I'd have to list the guys' names from A to Z, their first names, whether it was Adam, Bill, um, Charlie, and write some kind of a note like, ugh, disgusting, or I really liked him, he didn't call me back, because you'd have to recycle. And, and when you were doing a personal ad, you had one shot. You, know, you sent a letter, a handwritten note. Um, oh, by the way, never go from point A to point B. What was the question? <laughs> uh, the the original question was kind of your, your background, how you got into coaching. So you, I think you're still along the uh, along the same lines. Yes, and I'm going to bring this back to flirting and good social skills. If you get off track, let ask the person who you're talking to um, what the question was. A, it shows that you have your own imperfections and your own vulnerability. And it also gives the other person an opportunity to shine. I don't know if you remember, Chris, but when we first started talking and you gave that beautiful introduction of me, you said the entire title of my book. And then I said, you must be a really smart guy because you could remember this long title. So that was my opportunity to give you a compliment. And good flirts always compliment their flirting partner. Your book has so many good ideas. Um, I, I kind of want to start with, could you first talk about what is flirting? God, you know what? It's so complicated. First, let me tell you what flirting isn't. Flirting is not seduction, and it's not coming on to someone sexually. That's usually very clear. It's like, hey, baby, nice pants. Hmm, those are really nice and tight where I look you from head to toe. That's seduction. That's coming on to someone sexually. Flirting, I can best describe it perhaps as an engaging smile, a longing glance, a warm wink. Um, if you go back into history, um, Anthony and Cleopatra, Burton and Taylor, they all knew how to flirt. Flirting is best, best done with humor and lightness. It's testing the romantic waters. It allows for you to let someone else know that you exist. It's also a fabulous way to let someone know you find him or her interesting, attractive, fun, or appealing. But most importantly, it's an icebreaker and it's a tension reducer. Do you, have you ever gotten butterflies in your stomach or dry mouth or sweaty palms or you're like really, really nervous and you're like almost hyperventilating when you want to approach someone yeah we call, we call that approach anxiety but yes yes you have it okay so what flirting allows you to do well but that's a very big word approach anxiety yeah it sounds like are you a social worker by any chance <laughs> I, i'm not you have a background in social work right i do that's something like a social <laughs> worker would say um that's pretty cool but yes it's it is approach anxiety it means that you want to do something but something is getting in the way, which, um, and I promise I'll tell you more about what flirting is, but um, the biggest reason why people don't flirt, should I make, see how smart you really are, because I know you are, what's the number one reason why people don't flirt, do you think? I think fear of rejection. Oh my God, I love this guy, he's so smart, yes. Fear of rejection is the number one reason, are you sure, you, did you must have read my book. Did you read my book? 
Oh, I did read your book. Yes, yeah. you did. <laughs> um, so, and as we all know, rejection, the fear of rejection is the number one reason why someone will not flirt. I don't know about you, but um, there are a few things that I absolutely hate more than anything in the whole world, and one of them is rejection. I want the whole world to love me. I can't help it. It's just one of my one of my shticks. Um, but since I know that that's not possible and that we all have to deal with re- rejection, socially, romantically, professionally, I have reframed rejection. So for all of you who are listening now, this is when you want to get your pad and your pencil because I think this is priceless. So, Chris, let's pretend that we are at Starbucks and I start talking with you and no wedding ring, um, you're adorable, you just sort of like look the part of the kind of guy that I'd like to meet and we start chatting and I'm asking you questions and after about three or four minutes, I notice that you're not asking me any questions back. You are sort of tapping your foot, glancing at your watch and I notice that there's a woman to the side of me that I feel that you keep trying to make eye contact with her. Now I'm ready to die. I think that not only do you know that I know that you don't care, have no interest in me, but I think everybody else in Starbucks and especially this other woman know that you want to meet her. So I either want to open up the floor and fall in or I want to pretend that I'm going to faint or spill a cup of coffee on myself just to do something to get me out of the situation. But I remember I went to one of Fran's workshops and she told us to do this. So symbolically, I would recommend to myself to go over and shake your hand, look you in the eye and say, Chris, thank you so much. You have just done me an incredible favor. You've only wasted 10 minutes of my time, not 10 days, 10 weeks or 10 years. And you, I am so lucky that you let me know really quickly that you're not interested. Now, that's symbolically. I don't really want Fran to do that. But that's what we need to do when someone's not showing interest in us. By the way, one out of three people that you're going to approach are not going to be interested. And it's about developing that thick skin. And it's about developing that self-confidence. There's also a difference between self-esteem and self-confidence. Self-esteem is how I feel on the inside, and self-confidence is the way I portray myself to the rest of the world. So what does that have to do with flirting? Well, if I'm feeling like a zero to a three on the inside, it's time for me to act as if I'm self-confident. So that means standing up straight, making eye contact, and just knowing that I'm taking control of my own social life. And the more you fake it, the more you're going to make it. And I found with my clients and they have reported back to me because they didn't believe me. They tried, they faked it. And what happens is when you fake it, you begin to get more positive reactions and responses from other people. So it's not about, it is about pretending, but pretending then becomes a part of who you are. So getting back to what is flirting, sorry, um, It's also having fun. It's being playful. Um, It lets people know that you have self-confidence and that you're open to them. Most importantly, flirting is 
an ego boost and a self-esteem enhancer. So it's an ego boost for the person that you're flirting with. It's a self-esteem enhancer for the person who's doing the flirting. And it also allows you to express yourself in inventive ways that are going to attract other people. And if it's not being responded to, you can make a subtle and graceful exit. The most important thing about flirting is the goal of flirting is not to get a date and not to get a phone number. At that point in my workshops or in my coaching sessions, people look like they want to leave or get their money back because they thought I was supposed to help them get more dates. Actually, if your goal is on the here and now in the moment, the likelihood of you increasing your chances of getting a date goes up exponentially because when you stay in the moment, you can be spontaneous, you can be lighthearted, you can um, you focus on listening. And when you flirt, your goal of flirting is to make the other person feel as if they are the center of the universe. I mean, there's a few things that you've said that I really like. One is you talked a little bit about kind of testing the waters. And and I think that that's such a great term because when you're out and you're meeting somebody, some people are going to be in relationships. Some people are going to, not going to be in the right headspace for a relationship. Uh, some people are not going to be interested. But you don't really need everybody to be to like you or to be attracted to you. It's, oh, it's and, just not necessary. And also, you need, you need to know what to do when, you know, how do you find out if someone's married or in a relationship or not? So uh, here are some things that, you know, all of our listeners can do. You know, you see a woman who uh, looks like someone you want to talk to, but for whatever reason in your head, you think that she's probably hooked up with someone or married, and you might go over to her and say, um, your husband is such a lucky guy. And that's her opportunity to say, oh, wow, thanks, I think he is. Or, thanks, but I'm not married. You know, hi, my name is Fran. Um, or, um, you know, you're in a store and you see a woman and, you know, you're in the men's department and you, you see her looking at sweaters and you say, are you picking out a sweater for the love of your life? And she'll say, no, I'm really just um, getting something from my cousin. It's his, you know, 30th birthday, and he loves, you know, Ralph Lauren sweaters. And then you can start talking. So there are ways that you can find out if somebody is in a relationship. You might not always get an accurate answer. You know, if someone is not interested, they might say, yes, my boyfriend's on his way. But that's okay because then you can be on your way too. But that that was pretty smooth because if you ask somebody, like, are you dating somebody, oh. you get a horrible result because most girls either don't want to admit that they're not dating somebody or don't – they're dating somebody and it's not that serious. They're often not ready to come that, to that reality. I always, <laughs> I always make a joke that Valentine's Day is judgment day. <laughs> right, exactly. because a lot of people realize that the guys that they've been dating for six months are they're not that serious because on valentine's day they don't do anything or whatever so uh, a lot of people don't want to admit that but if you ask somebody about being married or the love of their life or if that's for their husband then you're 
probably going to get a more accurate answer. And if they're in a, they have a serious boyfriend, they'll say that as well. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, um, uh, I was just doing something that um, I encourage people not to do, and that is focus on what the person is saying rather than what you're going to be saying next. And I must admit that I was just focusing on what I was going to say next. And what it does, it takes you away from the moment. But about Valentine's Day, it's the best day for single people to go out. Because I agree. It's like the, the best because if you're out with your friends or by yourself, it means that you're not hooked up with anyone. And so, and and a confident person who goes out on Valentine's Day is someone who you really want to meet. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Valentine's Day is uh, Valentine's Day, and I actually think Halloween is another great day. But oh, abs- oh my God, <laughs> Phen- Oh, it's it's phenomenal. Yes, um, and I have all sorts of ideas what single people can do on Valentine's Day so that. Um, it doesn't become this this holiday where you want to you know hide your head. So maybe we can talk about. Yeah, let's talk about it. We'll just release this around Valentine's Day. Yes. Um, also, do you want to know what my top ten flirt list of flirting tips are? Yeah, I would. I would love to hear them. All right. I'm going to be nice to you, and I'm not going to ask you to. We, we won't play the game, but we are going to play a game where I'm going to ask you questions about um, when a man wants to attract a woman. I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to. It's multiple choice. He up for the challenge? Yeah, I'm up for it. Okay. So first let's talk about the ten my top ten list of flirting tips. Um, <clears throat> number one, f- flirting is an attitude. A good flirt is self confident and not afraid to take a risk. Um, you got to break out of your comfort zone. You have to portray this positive attitude. It really, really helps. One of the things that people struggle with is what makes somebody approachable. Is it how attractive they are or how approachable they are? And years ago, Cosmo did a a study, a very scientific study, of course, where they had five drop-dead gorgeous women in a singles bar sitting on bar stools and sort of just sitting up straight and looking from left to right as if they were God's gift to the planet. (laughs) And then they took five normal attractive women and they smiled, they made eye contact, they kept time with the music, and they measured the amount of male attention. The attractive women versus the drop-dead gorgeous women got eight times more attention. And the same thing goes with men. It's about how approachable you are. And I truly believe it's not about how attractive you are, but how approachable. It does not mean that you, ha- you can look like a schlub or your fingernails are dirty, or your hair is a little greasy, or it looks like you fell out of bed, uh, or you didn't shave, those things you have control over. So, secondly, you got to start a conversation. Sometimes the best opening line is saying hi and introducing yourself. It doesn't matter what you say. It's just about breaking the ice. You can ask a question. You can ask for help, or you can even state an opinion. A good flirt never leaves home without a prop. What's a prop? A prop is a natural conversation starter. So if I'm a little shy, I might want to wear interesting earrings, carry the flirting Bible, have a great scent, wear a sweatshirt or a T-shirt with a school that I went to or a passion that I have. Uh, I'm a bag lady. I have about a million, exaggerating a little, shopping bags. 
But I never want to use the good ones like the ones from Gucci or Coach because I don't want to ruin them. But it could be a shopping bag from an interesting cheese shop in your neighborhood that might start a conversation with someone else. Those kinds of things, people will say, oh my God, were you at that art gallery in Paris? And I'll say, oh my God, that was 12 years ago. I've never used the bag since. Um, Be the host. This is sort of like a hard concept, but I want you to change your behavior from being the passive person in waiting or the guest to the host. So think of the things that you would do if you're having a gathering or a party and you're inviting people to your home. You're going to want to make them feel more comfortable. Offer them something to drink. Show them where the bathroom is. Ask them if the temperature of your apartment is hot or cold. When you change your role from guest to host and give yourself a job to do, it really helps you meet people. And you've got to make the first move because life is not a dress rehearsal and you might not have a second opportunity because if you're on the train or if you're in the supermarket or if you are on the beach or on that vacation, I mean, just think of the person on the subway and all of a sudden the subway goes and they're gone. And you really might not have another opportunity to make a connection. It doesn't mean it's going to be the love of your life. But as I said before, life is not a dress rehearsal and you only have one shot. I don't know. Okay, now it's time for part of our, a little bit of a quiz. Do you know why you have, you were born with two ears and one mouth? To hear twice as much as you speak. You're, you need to listen twice as much as you talk. For whatever reason, um, men especially think that the more they talk, the better the woman is going to like them? Absolutely not. So a man, when I say only, but for the most part, has to make good eye contact and nod to what the woman is talking to. She will think he is so into her because he is paying attention to her. Eye contact. Um, Eye contact is to flirting as air is to breathing. It just doesn't exist without it. You want to have warm, caring eye contact rather than hostile, aggressive, where you're just staring the person down or this passive eye contact where you're looking everywhere other than directly at the person. I think complimenting is a great way to start flirting. Fran, really quick, can you give a couple quick tips on how to have warm eye contact? Yes. Um, What you want to do is you want to look and look away, look and look away. Men can also do what's called the darting eye glance. If you see somebody across the bar or across the room, you're going to look and dart your eyes away. Look and dart your eyes away. And then hopefully you will meet the eye contact of the person that you are showing interest in. Uh, This is a trick or a technique that if you like what bedroom eyes look like, a little watery, a little bloodshot. I know this sounds a little kooky, but if a guy sees a woman he wants to talk to, what he needs to do is sort of open his eyes, stare at the floor or the ceiling for a minute or two, blink three times, and then start making eye contact. 
it's very alluring. And it's something I do with my clients. We practice all different ways of making eye contact. Also, if you have trouble looking at someone in, someone in the eye, look at their forehead or their chin. The person will think you are looking at them and you might feel a little bit more comfortable doing that as well. One other tip I learned in an acting class was you can look into one eye. So instead oh, really? of looking into both eyes, I said look into one eye, your left eye or your right eye. That's what certain actors do because they become self-conscious when they have to stare directly into someone's eyes. So oh my they'll, God, look I... at, they'll look at one eye and it makes it, it feels like you're looking at both. I'm going to try that and then I'm going to add that to my repertoire. So thank you so much, Chris, dating coach extraordinaire. I like that. I thought I knew everything about eye contact. Oh my God, that's exciting. And, and winking. I love winking. I think it's fabulous if a guy gives a woman a wink or a woman winks at a guy. It's not this, hey, baby, wink. It's just this quick thing like, oh, my God, you really noticed me. And it's a lost art. What was the next thing you were going to say? It was, was it? All right, well, we were talking about eye contact. Then I was talking about, uh, I was going into complimenting. Yes, yes. All right. Can you talk a little bit about that? All right, yes. Um, the best compliments have the element of surprise. The flirtee will really know that you, will know that you really notice them. And remember this, your compliments must be honest, sincere, and genuine. An empty compliment will, you just know it. You know when someone's giving you an empty compliment. And when you receive a compliment, the best response is thank you rather than, oh, my God, you really like this dress? Oh, I only sp I only spent $29 for it, and I didn't even get it at a good store. It was at a junkie store, and you really think it looks good. I haven't dry cleaned it yet. I'm not really sure how it's going to last, but thanks. Thanks for the compliment. Well, are you ever going to compliment me again? Probably not. I don't think so because how annoying. You know, you're telling me you like my dress. And I could sort of reframe that and, and tell me you really like my dress, Gad. I really like your dress. Thank you so much. You're not going to believe this, Chris. You ready? Yeah. I needed a dress for this event, and I hurt my back. So um, it was really hard for me to, like, try on things. So I went to this store unnamed. We'll call it a, a very low-end shop, Okay. I bought 10 dresses, didn't try them on, brought them home. Two or three were good. And you're ready for this? Yes. It was $29. And this is the second time I've worn it. I cannot tell you how many compliments I've gotten because it's a copy of a, a, a designer dress. And I almost love it more because it was so cheap. That's very different than the first way I responded. Um, I also let you know about me. And when, when someone gives you a compliment, it's just an opportunity to start a whole conversation. So if you're wearing a watch and, and I'd say, Chris, um, that watch looks, I, I don't know if the word is vintage. Um, it's really interesting. Is it a vintage watch? And you say, well, I don't know if it's vintage, but it was my grandfather's. And when my father passed away, we found it in his drawer and my mother said it was his father's, and I never even knew that he had it. And then the conversation will can just blossom from there. Dating coach Chris Luna here. 
This is the perfect time to take a quick break to talk to you about three simple things that you can do to dramatically change your life. First, listen to this entire podcast and then subscribe through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. This way you'll immediately be notified every time we share a new release. If you listen and apply the ideas we discuss on these podcasts, it will change your life forever. Second, go to craftchristmas.com, create an account, and become a member of our community. There you can read articles, listen to podcasts, watch videos, ask us questions, and document your journey in our forums. Great men don't become great on their own. All great men are members of a community, and Craft Charisma is your community. Finally, if you're serious, and I know that you are, about making massive changes to your life as quickly as possible, check out our live coaching programs on our website. Craft Charisma live programs are the fastest way to improve your dating and social life. And who knows? Attend our live programs, let us get to know you, and you may end up as a member of the Craft Charisma team. Again, thank you for listening. Now back to the podcast. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's great, right? Because you're sharing a part of yourself and, in a real authentic way. And what happens is it gives people additional things to ask about. Yes, but in addition to that, it's up to the person who's receiving the compliment to um, have an opportunity to, to talk about it. Um, we also have to talk about small talk. I would love to hear it. All right. Uh, I've been often referred to as the flirting queen or the queen of schmooze. And fortunately, there's very few things that I'm very skilled at. And this is one of my, I would say, the number one thing that I can do well. And it's mainly because I'm not afraid to ask questions. I'm not afraid to let people know that there are things that I don't know about or I don't understand. And I show genuine interest and concern in other people. So that gives me so much to talk about. So if you told me that you were a, I'm going to make this up, and it's not going to make any sense, but a cold water software, a cold water software chemical engineer. So I'm a cold water software engineer. Chemical. Chemical. chemical, chemical, chemical uh, cold water chemical engineer. Right. And I'd say, um, Chris, I hope you have the rest of the night to spend with me because I basically think I know what a what software is and that there are different kinds of engineers. But beyond that, I don't have a clue. So this way, um, somebody else, not this way, somebody else might just say, oh my God, that's amazing, and not have a clue, but be too embarrassed to say what I did. The more you show your own imperfections, the better the other person's going to feel about you because then they are not going to feel so anxiety ridden. There's something else that you did there too when you said, I'll spend, spend the rest of the night with me. Like, uh, your brain goes into two different directions. You're yes. like, okay, yes, I, I guess explain what I do for a living, but I'm also thinking about spending the rest of the night with you. Right. And I, you know, and I, well, I don't know if you're going to spend the night with me or the evening, but it's my way of letting you know that I'm interested. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. It, it gets yeah. somebody's brain going. It does, it's not an invitation that you're going to hook up with somebody, but it, it gets into somebody's imagination. And have you also ever noticed that a somewhat, 
I won't call him nerdy guy, but for, you know, it, a nerdy guy sort of, um, we all have our own vision of what a nerdy guy is. The nerdy guy who has four women talking with him at a singles event and this very smooth, handsome dude is not talking to anyone. And sometimes you wonder why. Well, people want to be around others who make them feel good about themselves. So your goal of flirting is to make the person that you're with feel terrific. Also, um, one of the things, you know, when you're at events, there'll be a pack of women, you know, whether the pack is two or the pack is 20, and you might be there alone or with a friend, and the two of you are sweating and choking because how in the world are you going to start talking to that pack of women? My suggestion is you're not going to zoom in and hone in on one person or one one of the women. You both go over or you go over and say something innocuous such as, oh my God, it looks like you, not you girls, because sometimes that can be taken. It looks like you're having a fabulous evening or it looks like you're having so much fun. Any chance that we could join the fun? Just something so that you can start talking with them. Or um, you want to go over to someone and you're totally terrified. You can go over and say, excuse me, but um, I, just ta- I just took this class and my assignment was to approach an adorable, bright-looking woman. Hi, I'm Chris. Now, hopefully she'll laugh and say, you didn't take a class, and then you'll say, you're right, I didn't take a class, but I read that in some book, or um, it was the only thing I could think of because I really wanted to meet you. So you're going to do things that are going to be inventive, anything that's going to give you the confidence to get from point A to point B. I have another question. Um, You can ask me a million questions. Okay, cool. (laughs) The first one is, What can men do to convey approachability and attractiveness? Excellent question. First of all, men similar to women do things that say, I want you to notice me. But half the times they don't even know that they're doing it. So I think women should be on the lookout for when a man starts preening. And what is preening? Preening is when he starts fixing his hair or if he's wearing a tie, he will reposition his tie or even pick up his socks um, or do anything where he's sort of um, adjusting his shirt collar or tucking his shirt into his pants because the preening man tells you that he wants to look his best so that you're going to notice him. Also, a man who is interested in meeting someone might put his thumbs in his um, belt loops or his inside the top of his pants and then put his feet about 18 inches apart and sort of just like look around and that means you know hey babe I want you to notice me or if he raises his eyebrows there's a light bulb going off in his head that says hmm I want to talk to you or if he puts his hands on his hips that means he wants to make an approach and watch for when his hips slowly go down to his waist his uh, down by his side which starts to mean He's feeling a bit more relaxed. And sometimes if a man is displaying chivalry, whether he's offering you his seat or giving you his jacket, um, 
if he asks you if he's cold or he offers to pump your gas or if you're online, he says, would you like to go ahead of me or opens the door for you? Pay attention. He might just be a gentleman or he might be a gentleman and want to meet you. What should guys look for to see if some of these advances are being receptive? Well, first of all, any woman who starts talking, um, moving closer, um, touching your arm or your shoulder, making some kind of very limited physical contact, it's the way you're going to feel in the presence of the other person when it feels like a tennis game a or a good volleyball game, one where the ball is going back and forth, then you know she's interested. Um, I would suggest moving in closer towards the person that you want to flirt with, um, especially if it's, you're in a loud bar uh, whispering something into the person's ear. I also want to caution you from uh, getting too close too quickly. So for someone who is a non-intimate partner, you really don't want to get more than an arm's length when you first start talking to someone. Because if you remember the Seinfeld episode of the close talker, um, you do anything and everything to move away from the person who's getting too close to you. And it's a, you know, it's also a vibe that you get. It's the eye contact. It's the smile. Um, it's being playful, laughing at your jokes. And when you sort of feel that the rest of the world is being blocked out, I think it's a home run. But you have to get to the next step. And the next step is how do you exchange contact information? And my suggestion is everyone needs to have a business card. I don't care if you're a student, if you're working, if you're retired, if you're out of work, it doesn't matter. Um, a card that has your cell phone, your email address, and whatever your card's going to say when it's, you feel that you might want to see that person again, you say to the person, um, I really enjoy talking with you. Here's my card. I'd love to hear from you. And at that point, you hope that the other person gives you their card. And um, I encourage men to, to call women. I encourage women to call men because if you think you met someone who you might have some interest in seeing again, you got to go for it. I also have a rule of three, and that is, I will either email you or call you or, or text you or a combination of the above three times, no response, cut my losses. Do you want to explain why it's important to contact at least three times? Because sometimes voicemails don't go through. Sometimes you erase a text message inadvertently or you um, erase an email message or you're not feeling well or there's a crisis going on in your life um, or you're just not sure. A million, trillion, gazillion things. And some people might say to me three is excessive. Maybe it is. But uh, I know maybe I'll call when I know I won't get the person or I will send an email. Just want to know that you just checking in to see that you've got my my last email, you know, my phone number is, would love to hear from you. Because I feel better 
taking control of my social life. And it also lets the other person know I have self-confidence. And then there's one thing I never want someone to do, and that's appearing desperate or when there's no segue. So, for example, you and I meet, we talk for six minutes, and then I say to you, um, would you like to go to dinner? Even though I might want to go to dinner with you, you're a complete stranger and I've talked to you for six minutes. I might be a little, I don't know, I'm just not sure. So my gut reaction might say, well, I don't think so. What I really want to say is, why don't we continue this conversation over a cup of coffee or let's go get a slice of pizza right now. And that's really what I wanted to say, but I didn't say it. Um, let, let, let me back up. Sometimes after six minutes, asking someone to have dinner might not be the end of the world. Let me, let me make it more graphic. We meet. Hi, I'm Fran. I'm Chris. How are you? Can I have your phone number? That's scary, and you want to run. The woman doesn't know anything about the guy. I mean, it, it's just, it's no longer you want my phone number, but you want a phone number. And that's a big difference. So I, I know you talked a little bit about space. And in your book, you talk about these flirting zones. And I guess what I'm getting into is um, we talk about space, whether it's psychological space, uh, in this case, being too direct too quickly, or physical space, entering someone's space too quickly um, as, as ways that can hurt trust and intimacy. And I'm wondering if you could talk about some of the ways that men can build trust and intimacy in that that first interaction. Oh, it, it's the, the number one thing, Chris, is not getting too close too quickly. So that means um, where you just want to, the woman wants to just cringe and push you away um, or touching you in an inappropriate place for someone you're first meeting. Um, you never want to touch a woman, you know, between her knee and her hip or, you know, below her shoulder or or her face, or her head. Um, it's okay, you know, to like touch her arm, or her shoulder, or her knee. Um, and it's when you're talking, when you want to accentuate something, you move closer, and then you move backwards. Um, you know, so have to let other people know that the two of you are getting to know each other. But you don't want anyone. You don't want the woman to feel intimidated. Or, or, or feel fearful. You know, if you are, let's say, you know, you're sitting at a table um, and you're passing the salt shaker, you know, and if your hands touch, how nice, you know, it sort of just happens. But you don't want things to feel creepy. You know, or if you're walking, you know, your your hips might touch. It's very different, you know, then if the guy, you know, all of a sudden grabs your back or your tush and you don't even know the person. I had a hard time visualizing at first two people walking in their hips touch. You meant the sides of their hips. The sides of their hips. <laughs> I was no. I trying to picture this. I'm like, I can't figure out. No, you're, like you're walking, <laughs> you know, you're walking and it's like crowded. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like bumping, you're like sort of like bumping into each other. You know, my hip is sort of bumping into your hip, um, which is okay because I'm going to, I'm going to move away a little bit which is different if we're walking all of a sudden, you know, you, you like grab my tush, like, excuse me. Um, I don't really know you. You said that twice now, Fran, when you touch somebody taking a step back afterwards or giving them a little bit of space after you initially touch them, 
And I, I would agree with you. Can you explain why that's important? Because um, it's not about coming on to someone sexually. And touch helps create a sense of closeness and a sense of intimacy, not sexual intimacy, but closeness where you're getting to know someone. And you don't want any of your actions to be misconstrued. And remember, it is a stranger. And, you know, whether it's shaking hands um, or, you know, even if you put your arm around somebody quickly and say, I'm so glad we met, and then you take your arm off. It's like, hmm, there is some interest here, you know, and he's not coming on too strong. Intimacy and closeness is something that grows very spontaneously. And it happens when you least expect it because the feelings and the touch are in sync. You know, imagine if we met and, you know, I say, hi, I'm Franny, I'm Chris, um, and you're very attracted to me. And all of a sudden, you know, you say, you know, and where did you go to school? And all of a sudden you kiss me. I'm going to think you're a lunatic because where is that coming from? But if we met and we had a drink and then we, you know, went to have a cup of coffee um, and an outrageous cupcake at one of those good cupcake places and, you know, we're walking towards we both live and, you know, you sort of grasp my hand and like look at me and say, wow, this was a great night. I hope we can do it again. Oh my God. All you did was like grasp my hand. And it's the words and the touch. And I'm saying, I'm saying, wow, this guy, oh, I want to see this guy tomorrow. He didn't even really have to like make out with me. How great was that? Because I just met him a few hours ago. He must really like me. That's a really important concept. And there's a lot of guys who run around uh, and film themselves on YouTube and put pictures of themselves kind of chasing down girls and kissing them and kind of doing oh. different things. But th one of the problems with um, some of these videos is that they are edited. And so what happens is you see something that might evolve over hours and it evolves over five minutes and people think that that's normal. And so, I mean, that's an important point to make that this process of courtship or seduction, flirting being the first steps, isn't something that usually happens instantaneous. A attraction, there's usually an initial attraction that grows and comfort grows over time. But this process, it's not what it really feels or looks like. Well, you know something? Flirting can occur um, instantaneously. If you think about a really great flirting encounter, uh, and you think I could come up with one because it's what I do, you know, every second of my life. Um, I, I mean, really, it doesn't matter, supermarket, gas station, uh, anywhere. And of course, I can't think of something right now that is, but you just, um, the, the letter carrier, you know, the, 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 the mailman is bringing the mail and, um, you know, you, you go to get the mail and you say, oh, my God, this is like perfect timing. I just walked out of my house and here you are. I am so excited that you're here. And by the way, it's good to see you, you know, where, you know, at first, like you like, 
you're making him into chopped liver because you just so glad the mail. And then you sort of like turn around, you know, it's good to see you. Um, and he smiles. It is so magical. I mean, your website is called The Craft of Charisma. I remember that. And I just think that is so magnificent because charisma is something that's indescribable. It's a way that someone is alluring, appealing, attractive, interested, attentive, all those things. And that's what flirting is all about. Flirting is really the consummate of being charismatic. And the real charismatic person or the best flirt is not the one who boasts about themselves, but boasts about their flirting partner. And when you make someone feel good, the world is at your fingertips. I can't tell you the things that I have gotten away with, as other people would say, because I was flirting. And it was not manipulative. It's because I made somebody feel good. I think it's wonderful advice. It made me think of two things. One, a while back, I, I interviewed a friend of mine who now he's married and I interviewed him because he was in special forces and we were talking about confidence and a, and a bunch of other things related to masculinity. But when we were in high school and we were kind of young guys trying to figure ourselves out and figure dating out and girls out, he went to got into a period of his life where he would flirt with everybody. And some of our friends would tease him like, why would you flirt with that girl? And he's like, it's a courtesy flirt. <laughs> and he called it a courtesy flirt and it was kind of a, a silly term but what, what his point was that it didn't really matter you're just trying to make people feel good and and that's an important concept to understand because it becomes a part of your personality and when you meet that potential love of your life you're in practice. <laughs> you're in shape because you know what you you are absolutely right, and that's exactly what I what I coach my clients to do. Um, yes, it is practice. It doesn't come naturally for everyone, uh, and you know, and and sometimes, and I tell my women clients, you got to like brighten the lights and up the volume because you guys sometimes just don't get it. You know, you just don't see it when when we're showing interest, or they're scared. Even if they, oh my God, you know what? And dating is a journey. It's not a destination. And you have to have fun doing this. Otherwise, it's very hard work and it's very depressing. But you got to reframe it. Going back to this idea of testing the waters, I just really like that because you're right. Like, even if you are incredibly successful at using flirting to get dates, it's still only going to happen like a small percentage of the time right it, and and you know what and it doesn't matter because you're having fun along the way because you're because what flirting does it turns ordinary situations into extraordinary situations and you have fun doing the most mundane things and it just brings so much fun into your life because so much of the stuff that we do is so routine and so boring Oh my God, it just makes everything great. Showing interest, asking questions, you learn so much. There's also a fine line between being an investigative reporter and so someone who is showing interest. Oh, oh I, I promised you I was going to give you a quiz. Yes. Right? Let's hear it. 
Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, ready. Here we go. Which of the following is a sure sign that a guy wants to meet a woman? He covers his mouth. He smooths or straightens his tie. He slaps his knee or he clenches his hands. He fixes his tie. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Okay, one out of one. You ready for two out of two? Yes. What is the most common male flirting signal? Showing disinterest, trying to impress her, buying her a drink, preening, putting the finishing touches on appearance such as straightening or adjusting clothing. Preening. Ding, ding, ding. Two out of two. Okay. All right, we have five questions. Let's see if you can... You ready for three out of three? Yes, I'm ready. When a man is attracted to a woman across the room, what does he do? Put his hands on his hips, waits for her to come to him, does nothing, asks his friend to approach her. Mm. I would say he looks at her, but it's going to be put his hands on his hips. That's right. And looking at her would be good too, but that wasn't one of the choices. Okay, three <laughs> out of three. Okay. You ready for four out of four? Yes. Which of the following would a man never do to express interest in a woman? Adjust his socks, show, sh show chivalry, loop his thumbs under his belt, or look at his watch? Look at his watch. <sighs> All right. This is five out of five. You're going to like be like <laughs> the big winner. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, my God. I can't take it. Well, Would really quick, really quick. I'll say um, the reason why I said look at the watch is because it means that you're thinking about something else and you're breaking rapport. Oh, you're so smart. That's why I'm not, that's why I know I liked you. It started from the beginning. Number five, which of the following is a male signal to attract a woman? Hands on hips, feet slightly apart, raised eyebrows. All of the above. All of the above. All right. So you have uncanny radar to know when he's interested. Ooh, okay. Now, I think I want to just tell you, um, and it seems like a good way to end, the Floating Bible's Ten Commandments. Yeah, that's him. Would you like them? Yeah, I would. All like right. Them. Make a flirting commitment to yourself. Enjoy your every flirting move. Respect your flirting interest and value yourself. Take an occasional break to rejuvenate. Learn from those with whom you flirt. Accept that sometimes you will not be interested and vice versa, but always be kind. Concentrate on one flirting interest at a time. Focus on making your flirting interest feel special. Be honest and believe that flirting works. Fran, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And if you want to learn more about Fran, you want to more learn about learn more about her books, I'm going to post some links on the Crouch Charisma website and within this description of this podcast so you can learn about her more easily. Thank you again for taking the time to talk to me. My pleasure. Happy flirting, Chris. It's dating coach Chris Thona here. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And we absolutely love making this podcast. We make this podcast for you. So if there's somebody that you want on the show, let me know. I will yell, scream, stand in front of their house, do everything I do to get them on the show for you. Also, don't hesitate to follow the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. You can also give us a shout out through social media, Facebook, Twitter, share it with your friends. And lastly, 
go to the Craft Christmas website and create an account. There you can talk about the podcast and communicate with me directly. So thank you again for taking time to listen. You will hear again from me soon.